This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time, the 13th of October. This Sunday morning in Rome, Pope Francis will canonise John Henry Newman. That means he will declare that after careful study and the recognition of some miracles worked through his intercession, John Henry Newman can be publicly venerated as a saint in heaven. Who is he? Well, you've seen his image many times. We've sung hymns that he composed and we've prayed his prayers and often heard his meditations, some of which are very well known. But who is the man behind all of this? Indeed, the great fuss this weekend is because we celebrate the first Englishman, who's not a martyr, to be canonised since the Reformation. Newman is often described as one of the great Victorians, his life spanned virtually the whole of the 19th century. If you work within the square mile of London, you may have often walked past the place in Threadneedle Street where Newman was born in 1801. It's recorded with a blue plaque. He came from a devout Anglican family and from the age of 15 was intensely aware of the presence of God in his life and that God was asking something very special of him. He went up to Oxford and was ordained a minister in the Church of England. His life work, then, was to try and disprove the claims of the Catholic Church to be the one true Church, and to show that the Church of England provided a credible middle way. But the more he wrote, preached and delved into the, into the history of the early fathers of the Church, the more he began to doubt his position and to reconsider where he should be. It was while he was in Italy that Newman became sick and was unable to travel for almost three weeks. In his own words, Before leaving my inn, I sat down on my bed and began to sob bitterly. My servant, who had acted as my nurse, asked what ailed me. I could only answer, I have a work to do in England. I was aching to get home. After I set off in an orange boat bound for Marseille, we were becalmed for a whole week in the Straits of Bonifacio, and it was there that I wrote the lines, Lead kindly light amid the encircling gloom, lead thou me on. I do not ask to see the distant scene, one step enough for me. This was the turning point which led him to seek to be received into the one fold of Jesus Christ. It was on a cold and wet October evening in 1845 that Newman made his confession, which lasted all through the night, to Father Dominic Barbary, later himself to be beatified. He was received into the church by him. Thereafter, his life became a whirlwind of controversy and attention, never out of the limelight and with a glittering litany of achievements. He wrote many, many volumes of theology and spirituality, preached extensively, often exceeding an hour in length, founded the Catholic University in Dublin, joined the Oratorians of St Philip Neri, and founded the Birmingham Oratory, working in the industrial slums of that city. Pope Leo XIII created him a cardinal in 1879, and it's in his cardinal's red that we most recognise him, especially from the Millet portrait that hangs in the National Portrait Gallery in London. Believers and atheists alike recognise in Newman an intellectual giant, probably a doctor of the church and a writer of the most brilliant poetry and prose. When James Joyce was told that he was 
one of the most accomplished writers in England, the great Irish novelist responded, no one has ever written English prose that can be compared with that of a prince of the only true church, referring, of course, to Newman himself. Perhaps the most famous is his poem, The Dream of, Dream of Geronsius, wonderfully set to music by Edward Elgar. It describes the journey of a soul from their deathbed through to the afterlife. The hymns praised to the holiest and firmly I believe and truly are within that magnum opus. Newman is often described as the hidden father of Vatican II because of the influence he exerted over the lives of so many of the bishops who took part, especially St John Paul II and Pope Benedict. Newman was many things, but his entire life was given over to the pursuit of truth. And before he died, he instructed that the epitaph on his headstone should read, Ex umbris et imaginibus in veritatem, out of shadows and images into the truth. He was a relatively shy man, very intellectually focused, but with a priestly and pastoral soul, which could touch the greatest minds and the simplest of his parishioners' hearts. When Cardinal Newman died in 1890, 15,000 people lined the streets of Birmingham for his funeral. His barber used to keep the strands of his hair, convinced that one day this humble priest would be a great saint of the church. For canonization, it's necessary to demonstrate that you are actually in heaven, and proof of this is a miracle worked through your intercession. In the case of John Henry, his intercession was sought by an expectant mother living in Chicago, who with a complicated third pregnancy experienced an unstoppable hemorrhage, which would have led to the death of the child and endangered her own life. By turning to Newman in urgent prayer, she was instantly cured giving birth to a healthy child and going on to have two more children subsequently. I would suggest that Newman is a saint for all of us who struggle, who have doubts and ask questions. His journey of faith is full of personal challenge. Some of his projects failed. He was often heavily and personally criticised. Therefore, he's a saint whom we can turn to for prayers in situations when we have doubts or face challenges, or when we fall and need to start again. Newman describes in his autobiography how he struggled before he was a Catholic with some of the doctrines of the Catholic faith. As for some people today, one of those was Our Blessed Lady. But he says that when he became a Catholic, everything fell into place and he saw it all clearly. That is why, as you would expect, he developed a great devotion to her throughout his life describing her often as the second or the new Eve, and writing, the reason why Christ and the church is unknown today is because his mother is unknown. Perhaps we let Newman have the final word on what is, after all, his day. Words from his famous little meditation. God has created me to do him some definite service. He has committed some work to me which he has not committed to another. I have my mission. I may never know it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. I shall do his work as a preacher of truth in my own place, while not intending it if I do but keep his commandments. Therefore I will trust him. If I am in sickness, my sickness may serve him. In perplexity, 
my perplexity may serve him. If I am in sorrow, my sorrow may serve him. He does nothing in vain. He knows what he is about. Let us pray. O God, our Heavenly Father, we offer you heartfelt thanks for the life and holiness of St. John Henry Newman. In him, you give us an inspiring example of priest and teacher, heroic and humble in his labour for the salvation of souls and the pursuit of holiness. Through his intercession, we ask you to lead us by the kindly light of the Holy Spirit, and so grant us peace and joy in the one fold of the Redeemer. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.